We rolling. How's everybody doing? This is Blase Blase, and this is Miss Breezy on the mic, and we're coming to you with our fourth episode. And for the first time, we have Miss Ty. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. It's your girl, Miss Ty. Happy to finally be able to uh, be able to get some vocal points out here. I've been watching along with you guys, so it'll be good to talk to you today. Well, this is your girl, Jazzy J, the one and only. And Sharice. All right, ladies, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Um, first, we're going to talk about co-parenting. Um, we're going to bring this up because I feel like today in this generation, co-parenting is um, it's, it's something that is difficult to do and I wouldn't even say just this generation I mean ever since I was a child co-parenting has seemed like just this really impossible thing to do or to handle it or to cope and I just I mean I guess I think I may understand why dealing with it now myself um, growing up I did grow up with a single mother and uh, the co-parenting between her and my dad it was um it was it was what it was um, a lot of the issues my mom kept from me, so I really didn't know what was going on. Um, I do know that both of my parents still love me to death, and they both did everything they could to do um, as far as raising me and both putting in their input and their factors and trying to get along, but it didn't always work. My mom and dad didn't always get along growing up. They get along fine now that I'm grown. But growing up, it didn't always work like that. And now, personally, um, co-parenting is difficult for me because I will say because of lack of respect. It, people can't set their pride aside and respect the other parent for whatever reason. And I find that to just be absolutely absurd. But I think the main reason co-parenting is a failure is because of lack of respect. Yes, I agree that a lack of respect probably is the main reason that co-parenting is more difficult. Um, and I won't even say in this day and age, like it's probably a lot of the issue before. Um, it just may not have been that to the forefront that disrespect was what the issue was. You know, sometimes one parent feels more entitled than the other might be if it's, you know, one of those situations where one parent is the primary caregiver and the other one not so much it's like people want to claim that they have all of these rights to make every decision just because you helped in the creation of the child but you're not actually helping to raise the child I agree yeah, <clears throat> the entitlement that is brought into play um I know one thing that we discussed uh, outside of the podcast is um when the other parent isn't in the child's life, they decide they want to come back and they want to bring them into whatever environment because they're like, oh, this is my child. I can do whatever I want with them. And it's like, well, no, you can't. Nobody, you don't know this child the way I know this child. And not to sound any type of way, but you can't parent this child the way I can because I have been here since day one. And if 
this environment isn't good for my child, I may know best. But at the same time, we do have to lighten up and let the other parent be the other parent. And that's where the la- that's where communication comes into play. I was just going to mention communication because it should be, you know, in a perfect world where the, both parents can sit down and have a conversation and say, you know, this is my outlook and this is what I don't want my child exposed to or our child to be exposed to. Because I do get in the habit of saying my child, um, <laughs> our child to be exposed to. And, you know, I, I don't think that it's okay for, you know, he or she to be in this environment. I feel like that should be a conversation that should be able to be had without conflict but personally I know that I'm not able to have that conversation without conflict with you know my child's other parent I agree I think it it, get, it can get even more difficult when you have parents who don't live in the same city or the same state like for myself I would love to co-parent um and it, it could work if I I actually do want it to work, but I can't do everything by myself. You know, I'm already, I've been a single mom pretty much since forever. So, um, and the fact that he lives eight hours away doesn't help. And it's just like, I know unless I go down, unless I take them myself and pay for all the costs of it, they aren't going to see him or he might come every other year. And it's just like, my hands are tied. I can't, you know, I've offered to meet halfway. Um, I try to keep their other parent informed and everything. And it's just like, it's falling on deaf ears. And my kids are only like barely school age. So at one point, I just had to let it go. It becomes another job to try and always make sure that you're the one making that other parent aware when it's like, you know, if you really were that aware, you would be putting forth that effort, taking initiative and calling regularly, especially if you don't live in the same city or state, at least, you know, Make that phone call. There's so much technology. Video chat. You could see your child every day, literally. I have a question. Too many forms of, of technology. Go ahead. Um, I keep hearing uh, the child's other parent. Are y'all intentionally saying, you know, other parent and not using father? For myself, personally, I say other parent because um, I don't now. I can say I don't have, I don't have to worry about the... Um, the conflict and the, the the arguing or anything on a co-parenting level because I don't have to co-parent. The other parent is literally who's just absent. So um, for me, that, that is what he is. He's, you know, he's the sperm donor. He's the other parent. He has no contact with his children. And that's not by my, by my fault. You know, my number has never changed. My address, you know, he has all of my contact info. His mother has my contact info. She contacts me and the children. She don't even know where her own child, her, uh, uh, her own son is, you know. So, to me, yes, he's the other parent. He won't get the respect from me, the dignity from me, for me to call him a father. Because that's to me a title that has to be earned, not just given to you because you laid your sperm in an egg. You know, anybody could have donated some sperm and had a baby. That right, makes you a father. I feel that. Um, now we started off this conversation by saying the number one problem in co-parenting is lack of respect. And you literally just said you don't respect him. So isn't that a contribution to the problem? I don't respect you because you've given me nothing to respect. You you don't even speak to your children. You don't care about their well-being. You lost my respect. I had respect for you at one point. 
he's a human being that automatically warrants respect. Not for me. I'm sorry. That's not how I feel about it personally. He doesn't. That's cool. He doesn't, That's cool. He has not. He has lost my respect. He had my respect at one point in time, but once he decided to step out of his children's lives, you know, you lost my respect. Yes, right, I you can did. understand. That's something that's earned with me. I understand why you feel like um, that. Now, when I say, um, I was, I, when I was saying other parents, other parents, that was subconsciously. I'm, I don't mean any disrespect by it. Um, that's just the term that is used when you're referring to the other pa- I mean, I, I don't mean any disrespect to it. That's how they refer to it in the courts. You know, you're the other parent. When you're not, I actually refer as the non custodial <laughs> yeah, parent. Yeah, when you're not <laughs> a custodial parent. I could call you an NCP. <laughs> yeah, definitely I mean, could do that. I, I mean, I, I call so my son's mom. I call my son's mom my son's mom when I'm referring to her to somebody else. I don't call her, I don't call her like my son's carrier. Well, everybody's situation is different. I will say that most. In, in my situation, my son has two fathers, but he's only had one that's been there since day one and has put in all the time and effort with him and didn't make any excuse as to why he couldn't see him this day or do this, that right. day or do that. So when I, I, I don't mean any disrespect by it. That's just how it's set up at this point. But can you see how um, it will come off as disrespectful? I, I can see, but I can you know what? It. When I'm talking to I see my when I'm talking to my child, if I don't refer to uh, my child's father as the other parent to him, I, I call I refer to him as dad. That's your dad. That's your dad. So when I'm speaking to my child, no, I would never be like your other parent. Right. That's disrespectful. That's ignorant. That's bad. But in the sense where we're talking about it right now, I don't, I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say other parent. I'm just not. That's just what you are. Like the lady said, I can sit here and call you an non-custodial parent, an NCP. But that's that you you gotta earn that. You don't just get a title. You like oh like I'm supposed to owe you disrespect, and you don't even care about your own child. Like would that not make you lose respect for a person? Like you have no care about the well being of your child. The children in mind. That's the bottom line. Like respect and keep the children in mind. Like my ex isn't my favorite person, but I don't have the time or energy to disrespect him because that's just gonna cause more friction in his developing a relationship with the boys later like it's not my choice like if he exactly. if they want to be like mom let's call my dad or i want to go see my dad that's not my right to tell you oh you can't see him because he hasn't been around like once they're older that's their choice but that's not your right i mean i mean it's your it's, 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 it's your it's your right it's wrong it's your right it's wrong but you know it technically is your right to do that um but i'm glad yeah, you said I'm not, that i'm not for like I don't agree. I don't think you should keep your child from, you know, necessarily the other parent or like, you know, dog your, your, you know, the missing parent. I'll say to the children, like I never, when my kids ask me about daddy, you know, my daughter acts honestly every day. She draws pictures. This is my family. You know, this is daddy. I want to go to daddy house. You know, I don't tell her I, I want to be like, girl, you know, be quiet. Stop asking me about him, you know, but I don't. Cause she doesn't understand what's going on. Of course, my son doesn't understand what's going on. You know, but like I said, when we're speaking about it in this sense, yeah, I don't give him no respect. And it's not an intentional or unintentional thing. It's just I don't intentionally try to give him respect to be like the other parent or their dad or 
like you're nobody to us honestly and that's I mean that's just how I feel about it because that's what it is it's not a better thing it's that's what it is you are literally nobody to us I don't owe you anything and we're all women here except for you Jay so I mean we're not we know that it's a male so no need to say dad I mean I think we understand at this point yeah I mean just speaking from my in, in situations where I find myself at you know combat with another force whether it be a person you know a situation um, or, or, or even myself, you know, I always remove the bias of my own feelings. And I'm not saying y'all don't, but I know when me and my son, uh, my son's mother, we don't have the best um, relationship. And, you know, when I was living down in Texas and everything, <clears throat> she, I don't want to sound like a punk or nothing like that, or sound like she was that bad or anything like that. She was pretty bad, but um for lack of a better phrase, she would, you know, someone would say, like, dog me out. And, you know, I would put up with it, you know, just because, you know, I love my son. I wanted to be around my son. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't care about anything, you know, other than being with my son. And I often think that, you know, what if women had that same mentality? You know, they didn't care, you know, how it made them feel, you know, that the uh, the, the child's father wasn't around or active, rather. And, you know, they just didn't care. And they went to, like, literally all, I know sometimes y'all feel like y'all go to, like, all extremes. And some women do. I don't want to discredit the women that do. Uh, but for the ones that don't, if you just literally remove yourself and your feelings from the situation and literally only think about the best interest of the child, I know in a sense sometimes it feels like you forcing, you, you know, you're forcing do. a relationship. But if you don't think of it like that, you just think of it as, you know, you doing what you want or you need to do for that child to have a relationship with, I mean, whichever parent isn't there, whether it be the mother or the father. You know, I think relationships between missing parent and children would be a lot less of a statistic. In response, I think that that's where we go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say in response to... Um, setting your feelings aside. I am personally speaking, I've done that. I, I moved on, set my feelings aside, and I'm like, here, be here for your son. Uh, why don't you get some legal visitation rights and blah, blah, blah. I did all that. And when I did that, I was, I was tripping. I, I wanted white folks in our business. Uh, we don't need the courts to tell, he, you know, he don't need the court to tell him how to take care of his kid, blah, blah, blah. And tax time roll around. You think it's time for you to claim your child because you've been you didn't made a few child support payments on time. Now you want to go to court because you think you're entitled to claim this child on your taxes. But I'm bitter and I'm miserable because I'm saying no, you're not. You don't have that right. My feelings been set aside, so that don't always work. It doesn't always work. A woman could literally move on and forget about the past. No, I don't mean your feelings for that other person. The feelings for what? The situation? The feelings so of... It has to be a desire, like, though. No, 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 no. Okay, no, because I desire to want to be a parent. And I can't, it can't be forced on you. Yeah, I mean, what the woman I mean, I you know. can't force a child on them, but what I'm getting ready to say, I'm not going to agree with. I already know. But you have to let a parent parent how they choose to. We can't dictate how that other parent parents that child. And so I'm what about parenting and I don't want a parent at all. Say that again. 
So what if they feel like they just don't want a parent at all? In let situations like that, yeah, they, in situations like that. Yes. You just let it go. Like, you know, I've been I mean, but there. you can still I've been the you, one. I have to put my two cents on this because I am personally a firm believer in in and out is worse than I in and out is what with the whole every six is worse than never. Like, don't come around every six months and mm. say, Hey, just checking in, just wanna see what's going on. It's almost like there's that expectation of maybe once every six months I'll hear from him, maybe not. Rather than I know for a fact that this isn't a concern it is and I don't have to worry about that. Or you get them all excited. You, oh, he come back in your life. Oh, you know, his dad's going to be around and then he's gone again. Now you just, just, it's a roller coaster effect. Who wants to take their child? And that's from personal experience. My, my biological dad lived down the street from us for a very long time. And I would ride past there. I would see him on the porch sometime. I would know that and he knew where I lived. But it's like he never made that effort to come down and see us. And I don't know the whole backstory on you know what exactly happened i didn't find that out until i was older and it still was one of those things after my mom told me the entire story it's like okay he still had an opportunity to be in my life actively and he chose not to it's 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 sad (laughs) it really is and it's it's like you expected to give this go ahead sharice i'm sorry i I really just like like I was saying earlier, like I just had to actively make the decision to move on. Like my ex went literally two whole years without seeing his children. And it, it used to bother me, but I'm just like, I'm a deal with what's in front of me. He knows where I live. He knows how to contact me. I've offered to do summers and like holidays. It just hasn't happened. And like my children, they don't, they don't ask too much about him anymore. I don't say anything about him at all around the children but children just kind of like they know i think they know even if they feel like they don't understand they know what they know and even like my my parents live out of town my father lives in georgia they see those different family members so i'm kind of at the point where like if he wanted to come back around or they wanted to visit him i wouldn't say anything and i would just let them do whatever they gonna do and I'm confident enough with my relationship with my children and my parenting skills that even if their feelings are just so hurt and their hearts crushed, I can handle it because I've been doing it by myself for six years. So how how often do they see uh, your other family members? Um, they see my they spend like a month every year with my dad in Georgia, um, and they they see my mom all the time, like at least twice a month. So. I don't know. You, it just having a village to me that just it doesn't substitute for, but it's better than having nothing. You know. So I agree. Did that's y'all, my life right now. Did you? Um, and I've been there. I um, want to go back. I think I think what OC said kind of flew over some of y'all heads. Like we do have to let that parent parent how they're gonna parent. We can't. And I if agree. That's gonna be if that's gonna be them being bitter and being mad and stuck in their ways to the point where they don't want to do nothing because they swear up and down we bitter we're miserable we're this we're that then let them do nothing but god knows and like reese said the kids know kids will know 
they know where they are wanted and they know where they're going to get the most love and the most care. They know where they're going to be safe. And it'll get to the point where they not even, they won't even think about um, their the uh, missing parent because there is not, they're not missing anything. If you're giving all the love and nurture you're supposed to as a parent. Right. And that's how I feel about it. If the other parent don't want to do nothing, then so be it. What I think the issue is, what I think the issue is, is that over time, it became too easy, too easy to not have the father in, you know, in the family's life. I was just going to comment on that. Um, I feel how I feel about, you know, parents, because I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I give 1,050% to my son. However... He is still a male and it's still important for him to have a regular male figure in his life. Although his dad may not be the person that I would want him to be, who better than to raise this boy than your child, than, than the father, you know? So I, I have been trying to put aside my pride or whatever. And just, and that pride comes with conversation. Like I'm just, I have a very low tolerance for ignorance. So uh, see, as soon as the conversation goes there, I can't, I can't deal. And when you put yourself at a, very hard for me. When you put yourself at a fight with yourself, that's when you get amazing results. I like having conversations with people that would normally piss me the fuck off. Just because now I'm at the point in my life where I can sit and listen to this person and absolutely not be affected by what they're saying to me. And just listen to what and they're I saying. And I can totally agree with you because I've seen that in the last few conversations that I've had with him, that it, it doesn't hit me in a place where it used to before. I can redirect that conversation. Hmm. I think right. it's important I to get to that point. After a while, you just get tired. It just It's tiring having to constantly argue with somebody you already raising the kids and trying to do this and that. It's just like, I don't even have the effort to do that no more. To argue is to choose to argue. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It is like, it's a waste of time. Stop making that choice. I agree. Um, But co-parenting, I feel like if you can get to a level of respect, a mutual level of respect, and then with the undeniable understanding that every decision needs to be made, for whatever is in the best interest of the child, then at that point, I feel like it should be doable. I don't have those issues necessarily. I don't have to worry about a co-parent and anything because, you know, like I said, he's not there. I had the point where, you know, like OC said, I was going out of my way trying to be like, well, I just want to be the best mom I can be and do everything that I could do to make sure they have a relationship to the point where I would, you know, drive up there to Cincinnati, you know, he's out of the town, I'm driving up here to bring, to bring the kids up here to make sure that they see you, but you're never, you know, reciprocating, you're not coming down, meeting me halfway, or coming down to see your kids, you know? And that's what I mean, None that's that. what I'm I mean by removing, making sure that they, that's what I mean by removing your feelings right there, that exact statement right there, just not even, just not even, listen, everything. listen, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, just not even make the fact that He's not willing to reciprocate, not even letting that be a factor and keep doing what you do and keep doing your part. Even if it does get tiring at times, I'm sure it does. I know that it does, you know, feeling like you're the only person that's putting something into what's supposed to be 
a mutual relationship, but we have to not let other people's actions dictate our actions. And that's a daily But to an extent, I feel like you do. Because it gets to a point where they start to take advantage of you. You can't let nobody walk all over you either. And, you know, I get that it's it's a child involved in everything. But at what point are you like, okay, like, no. Like, I'm steadily driving out of town with my gas. I got to call off work, you know, using my money for gas. And, And that's the only time you see your children. You wouldn't see them if I didn't bring them to you. At what point do you be like, okay, like, no, like, and you step back to see what they're going to do. But then you step back and they do nothing. And that falls further and further into nothing. The phone calls start to stop. You're starting to call more often than they're calling back. Now you're calling and you're not getting the answer. Now weeks have passed, months have passed, years have passed. Like, you're not going to just keep sitting there calling them every day well let's try to call daddy today like no you get to a point where you like whatever he'll come around if he do if he don't he don't and you, I you can't, live life i can't ever say that i've ever felt like that and that's okay you know no, people not, everybody is i'm not going to chase him to be a father you know you know my number you know everything I, I did all of that i tried to force my kids down your throat but i have a question go ahead we'll see from a male perspective i guess when is when is it okay for emotions to be involved not on a relationship part but you know it it seems so often that women are told maybe by men or even other women that put your feelings to the side you know you need to keep pushing on no matter what and I think that that is a lot of the issue for mental instability these days is women aren't even allowed to be women and be emotional if we should choose to be because it's looked at as an actual problem I, I I agree to some of that. I feel I feel that statement, like 85% of it, because, yeah, when is it okay to express your emotion? And back on to what Jazz was saying, if I'm steadily doing my part, bringing the child to you, clothing the child, feeding the child, doing everything just so you can see your child, at what point... Do I stop and look at the situation like, okay, you're taking this situation for granted. And the moment I stop bringing you your child, the moment I don't bring you your child in a coat and it's wintertime because I didn't buy them a coat all their life and I feel like it's your turn to buy a coat. The moment I don't bring them in a new pair of shoes and some old shoes, I'm a bad mom. I, I take care of myself better than I do my kids. I'm being bitter. I'm being petty. I'm being miserable. She won't let me see my kids. Because there's situations where, um, for example, a man may have kids with multiple women and one woman gives in to everything he says because they don't want to deal with the X, Y, Z. And the other mom is not going to give in to everything he says because they're not going to be treated like a doormat at this child's expense. Mm Mm-hmm. So when, so when is it okay for me to express that emotion? Because I'm a human too. We expect it to be super women while, you know, <laughs> the dads can go freely frock and do whatever they want. Come back. Oh, I'm going to be a dad today. I don't feel like being a dad Tuesday, but I'm going to be a dad Thursday. No, nah, I changed my mind. I was tired that morning. It don't work like that. And we just supposed to be like, yeah, we can come back. You can come back and forth whenever you want. Just take your time. We'll be here. Well, let's get on the work emo- like let's that. Answer the question. Let's answer the question. 
when is it okay for emotions to be expressed? Because if, and personally speaking, it's always okay for males to express how they feel in a co-parenting situation, whether it's dragging the woman through the dirt for her being in her feelings or him not being able to see the child at his own expense or whatever. But and I'm always moment, open to hear the male out. I want to hear why you telling me why you really don't have the capability to do something that I didn't have a choice to do. They don't. It's always some excuse. I got to work. I got to do this. Everything that we have to do, the same things that the parent that's raising the child has to do. I feel Mama's like baby, point, you should be, yes, you should be able to express that emotion that whenever you start to feel that you're being taken advantage of and that the other parent is, is slacking. Like you should be able to tell that other parent, hey, you know, you slacking a little bit. I'm, I'm going to need your help. You know, I need you. I need you to pick up your weight. You should be able to say that. Why? Because this is both of our jobs. This is not my job and then you come in when you feel like it. Uh, I'm going to come to work when I feel like it. It does not work like that. But then, like, you know, like Ty said, like Breezy said, we're, we're bitter. We're not cooperating. We're the ones that, you know, aren't trying to work with you. At what so point Jordan, are you trying I to work would, with I would really like to hear your opinion on that from a male's perspective. Please. I mean, so many different things were just said. Um, let me start by saying, when I gave my perspective, that was a unisexual piece of advice that applied to both male and female as far as removing emotion. When is it okay to express your emotions? Is that the, the question? Yes. Women, specifically, I'd like to say. When is it okay? I would like to know in general. For women, okay. I believe that all emotion can be expressed through calm, adult-like, respectable conversations where no one is yelling. There might be some cussing going on. I cuss a lot, so there might be some cussing going on, but not in a spiteful way, just in a commonality of the usage of cuss words in my vocabulary, I guess. <laughs> it becomes an issue when feelings or emotions one one of two parties don't know how to how to express those emotions. Um, some women yell, scream, cry, cuss, and for men, women have to understand. Well, I don't I don't want to tell y'all what y'all have to do, but women should try to understand that men aren't as emotional creatures as women are. Um, well, I'll, I'll say I won't. I, That's I'm debatable. Not I'll okay. say I'm not then. Jeez. And men, <laughs> I'm not, and men like me are not. Um, so it's okay to express your emotions. It's about how you do it. Nobody wants to deal with all that cussing and yelling and stuff. Because I know when somebody started yelling at me and cussing at me, like I shut down. Like I'm no longer even listening to what you're saying now. Like now you're, this is no longer a conversation. You're talking to yourself now. And So what do you do when... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask your question. So at what point when you're having that respectable conversation with no yelling and no cursing and you're just trying to simply have an adult conversation and you're getting nowhere with that person, though, you know, at what point do you just, you know, you, you realize this is getting nowhere and you just you just walk away from the conversation? I feel like that's situational. Um, um. I feel like people don't really, you, we think we're expressing our feelings, but we're really not. 
so whenever I, I have a conversation, like I was at Walmart the other day and something happened where I left my money. I tried to do cash back at the self-checkout and left my money there. And I went and I was trying to get it back and I was talking to managers and everything. And they was, you know, being all nonchalant about it and everything because, you know, I wasn't being all irate and, you know, just basically doing the most. So I, I told them, you know, like, you know, just because I'm being calm, like I'm not I'm not happy right now. Like I'm really upset right now. I want you all to know that I'm choosing not to show out right now. So I think you should take that into account and try to make something happen right now. And then I started seeing more of an urgency of, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. Even though I didn't get my money back, they at least tried harder than what they were before I told them how I felt. So it's really about how, and I, I can almost guarantee that had I been irate and, you know, did the most and turned up in Walmart, that, you know, encounter would have went a completely different way. Right. So it's literally how I we choose, saying, it's literally how we choose time. to react to other people's actions. I agree to a certain extent. Um, like I said, it always goes back to respect. No matter how we're having a conversation right now, I still may know it is not going to leave my head that you don't respect me. And being fake ain't just something I'm okay with. It is to turn, fake it until you make it. And I try to fake it and make something great work. And that didn't work for me. Who says you have to fake? Like, and that's, but like I said, though, you know. That's what I mean by, because, that's what I mean by letting people's where, action dictate how you react to something. You know what? And that's a part of life learning lessons. That's something I'm still learning because it's so it's easier said than done. It's easier to sit here and say, I'm not going to let anybody's actions dictate how I react because at the end of the day, I'm a human who has emotions and I'm, we can't always control how we're going to react to certain certain situations. Okay, let me let me rephrase what and, I said. Let me rephrase what and, I said. Not re not actions. I mean to say like how somebody else is feeling. Somebody else's feelings dictate your feelings. Okay, yeah, no, that you can't let happen. That I agree with. I mean, you that's what happened in these. That's what happens feels. in these situations, though. But and, and that, that's what but every that's emotion can't be controlled, controlled either. Though. And that's why I was just saying, let me finish. Every emotion can't be controlled, and we like to. That's like, debatable. Also, easier said than done. It's easier to be like. It's easier said than done to say we don't care how people feel about it. What what emotions can't be done. controlled? Let me ask that. What emotions can't be controlled? Sometimes it is hard to control that anger or that sadness or that just any emotion. Regret. Sometimes it's hard to suppress that emotion, I should say, not to control it sometimes or not that it cannot be controlled. Sometimes it's very difficult to control that for emotion. Me, for me, I would say regret. It's, it, it's the simple fact that I got I to gotta let go of a situation of a per I regret dealing with, of a person I regret dealing with. That is the hardest part for me, the regret that I have um, with said person in said situation. I regret it. And until I can be like, all right, damn, I'm over this regret. You know, like, I think that's more so. I don't have any personal feelings towards that person. It's the situation where I'm like, damn, I'm salty. It's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> 
I feel you. Like, I'm sloppy as hell, too. Like, damn. But for me, I just, like, to me, I just was like, it all goes back to partner selection. Had I known better, of course, I would have done better. Exactly. I mean, just take L or whatever you want to call it and going you forward, if I have children, if I have children with somebody else, I'm going to definitely make sure I get to know this person before I lay down and bring in another life into this world with you. See, I'm at yes. the point, I'm at the point in my life where I don't regret people. Um, I feel like people need people. So to regret somebody literally means like you wish you never met this person, which is a pretty harsh feeling to, you know. Situation. to feel about somebody I exactly I, i'm I definitely the per situation. like the type of person that regrets situation i don't regret anybody i definitely regret how situations have gone though between you know my relationship with other people that's a great yeah and that's why that's why i said the situation um i regret like it's the how the situation played out and how it, it just ended that's what i regret and that's the emotion that's for me hard to let to let go of regret in the situation and it just being salty about it uh there's no other really word i can choose for it it's just like 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 reset if i had knew better i'd have done better and now that i know better and i'm doing better i'm, I'm just a little salty you know like damn mm -hmm. like, i feel you ten thousand percent i feel just the situation yeah, you gotta learn. You can't keep making those same mistakes, or you just you use it as a, a learning situation. Either you just gotta yeah. move on and do better. Yeah, you gotta take that L and be like, all right, I know not to do what to That's do and not to do next time. Like whatever he do or don't do. Like honestly, I just had to stop letting it bother me. Like you still a boss ass bitch. You still a good mother. You still fine. Like come on, bitch. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. You do love it. it. <laughs> Start in the mirror. It's, take a look in the mirror and talk to yourself and tell yourself it's going to be okay and we're going to keep it moving. Right. We're going to be all right. I just want to get to the point where y'all are, where y'all like, you know, it's and maybe because y'all get a little bit more, maybe y'all get a little bit more interaction. Hold on. Maybe because y'all get a little bit more. No, I was going to say, I'll be glad when I get to the point like y'all um, where you can just, maybe because y'all get a little bit more interaction out of, you know, y'all kids other parents but i'm just at a point where it don't bother me it is it's what it's, it is what it is it's like i get to a point where i've forgotten you but i sometimes secretly ain't gonna lie i'll be like you know but don't you think it's like let's say your kids are like like preteens and teenagers to me as a parent like well my kids my kids communicate well but i would want them to communicate like once they teenagers are close to that age if he came back around i wouldn't even say nothing i would just be like son it's up to you yeah, like when they get to an age where they can decide for themselves, I don't care what you do. Those don't involve me, you know, unless it gets to something where I need to make a decision, you know. But at this age, you know, with my kids being so young, you know, just gone, stay gone, because I ain't even about to be, I don't feel like being bothered with you. Like, and not that I don't feel like being bothered with you. It's like, like I said, my kids don't, young, don't know you. My son certainly, you know, doesn't know you because you left us after, you know, we had him. I so just, it's like your son don't know you at this point, huh? I just want to express how contradictive it is to say that you think, not you personally, but one would think that, one thinks that it's important for a child to have both parents in their lives and then to say that you don't care whether or not the missing parent is in the child's life. Very because contradictive. Because it's like, 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 
and I'm I'm not saying that it's not, but like Ty said earlier, my fear is that you're going to come in and you're not going to stay consistent and you're going to fall right back out. And then now, you know, now that's that's baggage or that's that's trash that I have to sweep up and explain to my children. And I don't want you to start to take them on a roller coaster. Like, we're good. I got my kids. We're doing what we're doing. Like, we're good. If you're going to come, I'm not saying don't come, but if you're going to come, stay. But if you're going to do this, you know, roller coaster ride this I'm a, every six months, you know, like she said earlier, don't, you know, don't waste your time. That's we cool. Like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Yeah, don't even say it. Like, cause you didn't even have to say anything. What was your purpose? Cause and I dealt with that on a personal level. You know, my own father hadn't been around my whole life. I made it to 20, you know, finally got in touch with him. He came in my life for a short period of time. I got excited thinking, you know, this is the start of a great thing. And then he just disappeared. Now it's like now, like, where is he? You know? It's like, you could have just, what was your purpose? You came in my life for like two months and then now you gone again. Like, what was your purpose? You got me all excited for nothing. I think it's imperative to remember that for any relationship to work, at least one person has to care. And you said at least one person has to care about the relationship? That's true. Yes. I don't think that mothers don't care. I don't think that we don't want our parent, our children you, to have a relationship. You, I think that's our biggest desire. You just say, but you, you don't, don't want the fight either. I mean, obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but if if your your children's father doesn't care, and you're sitting here right now saying that you don't care, then how is that even a possible a possible relationship that's going to work? Because, okay, so <clears throat> let me rephrase. Maybe I won't say I don't care because in the back of my mind, yes, I do care. Obviously, I would love for him to be around for, you know, my children. But you get to a point where you're like, whatever, I'm not going to stress it. I don't care in a sense of I don't care to try to go out there and continue to try to force the effort to bridge that gap. And also on top of that, that's not my job to bridge that gap. And I feel like I put in my time, I've done my work and it didn't, like I said, once again, re get reciprocated. That wasn't a, in my feelings things, it's, it's a, it's, it is what it is. I'm seeing that you're never going to see them if I don't bring them to you. I'm not always able to do that, you know? So you start to fall off the map. I'm not going to chase you down the map, you know? You'll I'd be like here. to say something, put an input in on it, then maybe we can move to the next topic. We've been on this one for a minute. Yes, we have. Um, I, When it comes to the emotion and, you know, one person in the relationship has to care and all of that thing, I'm going to speak for myself personally. As a woman, we are kind of forced to have to pretty much gather our emotions, put them in our hands, and close our hands and hold on to those types. So I have to be strong enough to make sure that I can still care for my child daily, strong enough to take on all of the questions and the concerns that they might have about anything in life, even if it is their their father, dad, other parent, non-custodial, however we choose to uh, identify them, and also still be able to care to get to work, to maintain your own emotional stability. The women are asked to do a lot. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's like there's always so many shots that are shot at us about, you know, if you just take your emotions outside of it and put it here and don't worry about this. And then if you're letting this parent parent how they want to parent, but just be prepared to clean up whatever mess is left from however they decided to parent, 
it's like, when do we ever get the longer end of the stick? It's like, just, when do the mothers matter? <laughs> when does getting the longer, you know, the longer end of the stick, this is my my view of it at least. I don't care what end of the stick I get as long as I'm getting the chance to pull a stick. Meaning, there are men out there who go through the same exact thing. You know? I agree, yes. Having to deal with a crazy, you know, a crazy woman who does, you know, goes out her way to make having a relationship with a child nearly impossible. But I think with men, how we think of it, well, how I thought of it or think of it at least is that even though I'm getting the short end of this stick, at least I'm getting a chance to pull the stick. I got to go through hell to see my child. At least I'm getting to see my child. So I think that's how we think of it. Not all men think like that. Not at all. Not all men think like that. I got a question for you, OC. If it's been uh, uh, you, you have a child and um, you're not ready to be there in the child's life, and so you go do you. And a couple years go by and you want to come back and you want to get this child on Tuesday, Wednesday, drop the child off Thursday, pick the child up Saturday. That's the schedule that you make up because that's what works for you, right? You start doing that and the schedule's going copacetic. You're picking your son up, you're seeing him, you're getting to know him. Time's going by to where he's not crying no more, to where you pick him up, and then you want to say, um, we need to start taking turns, uh, picking him up and dropping him off, because I shouldn't have to always pick him up and drop him off. <laughs> um, what, I mean, how do you handle something like that? Where it depends on how far the pickup and drop-off location is. 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, same city. I mean, then but you've been gone. You've been gone. Would not phase me at all. And so is it wrong um, as uh, the mother to explain to why that should not bother you? You said what? Is it wrong for the mother to explain why that should not be a problem and why she is not entitled to have to pick him up or drop him off? Unless it's inconveniencing the schedule that you made up. I mean, I, I'm I'm speaking from the perspective of the parent who would have to go out their way to drop the child off. Well, I mean, where I'm coming from is, is you know, you're the father. You pick these days. Right. These are the days you can get him. These are the days you can pick him up and drop him off. And after two months, now all of a sudden you feel like we should have to take turns because you you're the only one that has to. But you've been gone. I mean, I will communicate it like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, the schedule we came up with, you know, it's not really no, working no, no, out no, no. anymore. No, 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 the schedule you came up with. Okay, the, the schedule, schedule I apologize. With. The schedule I came up with is not really working out anymore. And I was just wondering if, you know, if it was cool if we take turns dropping baby boy off. And if mother says no, is that a problem? I mean, it's clearly a problem. I mean, just because something is a problem doesn't mean it has to turn into an argument, though. That means just that just means that, you know, a solution needs to be come up with and quick because like I said, that schedule is not gonna work out. So we we should probably try to figure something out. But you don't want these are the only days you can get them though. But I'm saying as far as just dropping them off. If you can drop them off to me, I can keep them, but I just can't pick them up. And that's oh, just a snippet. That's just a snippet of just little things that 
parents or mommies don't have a choice. <laughs> exactly. Because you definitely have a choice. You can say no. Well, you, you can literally like, say, you can no. say no. But once I say no, now I am again bitter. No, no, no. That doesn't Patty. have to equal. Hold on. That does not but equal that. But but you got to understand. It that doesn't. But if you if you ask it, no, no, no. The, Hold on. Finish, we can't speak can for. I, I can't speak for most men. You can definitely finish, finish. But I have to say that I'm, I cannot speak for most men. I can only speak for me. You ask I'm my opinion. This is my opinion. And then from a woman's point of view, though, I'm gonna say eight times out of ten, that's the case, though. That is how it plays out. And so now we're left feeling like we have to choose the right way in order to please. I don't think it's I don't think it's okay to ask my opinion and then discredit my opinion. I'm not discrediting your opinion. I, I mean, you asked I my opinion and I said what I said and you start talking about something that I didn't no, even and say. I, and I, well, no, I'm saying what I'm saying it is our choice. And if the choice is no, then you, she said no. What I'm saying is, is I'm just trying to get you to see from a woman's point of view, the, 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 the shit we go through, like, Hold on, wait a minute. I didn't give birth to this baby. I didn't have taken care of the baby from day one. And you call after being gone two, three years and say you want to get the baby Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And then the only days you can get the baby, so you're going to come pick them up and drop them off. But now after two months, I'm a lazy, miserable bitch because I don't want to take turns picking them up, dropping and them off. And what I'm trying to, get, trying to get you to understand is that you still own 50% of that conversation that you have you can still dictate where that conversation goes and how that conversation ensues. I understand. And me personally, but you can't control me his emotions. Me personally, I would no, I'm not. And I'm going to continue on about my day. <laughs> right. We're, we're, gonna, we're probably going to go to the park now. I've got more time to do activities because if you can't come get him, we're going to kick it. Period. It doesn't bother me to keep my child ever. I think well, I what you're just... saying is that he'll feel like he'll be the one, the, the other parent will be the one like, oh, what you mean? You can't go out of your way to bring my child to me. And That's not like what I'm you saying say, I mean, so explain what you're, what you're, what you're meaning in the sense of her saying like the mother shouldn't have to go out of their way. If the other parent wasn't already there is what you're saying, Breezy? What I'm saying, I just I just wanted an opinion on that scenario. That's all. I'm I feel like most relationships. I, I think my, I was just trying to make a point of view. Mo most relationships fall apart via conversation. We don't realize that, Jasmine, you say you can't control his emotions, but you literally can control a, a person's emotions through conversation. How you how you verbalize something to somebody, you can get your point across to somebody without yelling at them. I'm not speaking, you know, specifically to you, Jasmine. I just mean you can get your point across without being boisterous and without something being a big situation. Is what I'm trying to say. There can be hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There can be a conflict where, you know, the situation is, you know, I can't come pick the child up. You can't drop the child off. In some cases, that would turn into an argument, but it doesn't have to. But in more cases than none. In more cases than none, it turns into an argument because, like I said, for a relationship to work out, one party has to care. Somebody hey, has to I care that. What, can I touch back on uh, that scenario? It's not because one person can't pick up the baby no more. It's because they simply feel like y'all should take turns because this is y'all baby. They feel like they're doing too much. And it's like, how do you have the audacity to come back after two years 
and now feel like you're doing too much and then get mad because I say, no, I'm not going out of my way to do that. Why? Because for the first two years of this, this child's life, I went out of my way to make sure that your child was in your life and you did nothing but sat back with your arms out to receive this child. So no, I'm not going out of my way. I've done that already. No, figure it out. But then what Breezy is saying, that's when now it becomes an argument because they'll start to disrespect, well, why you can't, or you this, you that. And it's like, excuse you? Like, no, I just simply said no, and I have that right. You figure out how to come get your child, or I guess you won't see them. I'm, I'm not going out of my way anymore for you. And I have that right to do that. We're just expected as mothers to be super women and to, you know, plead into everything that, you know, the other parent or we're supposed to be the bigger person or just, it's for the kids though. No, like, like we said earlier, you cannot be a doormat though, just for that other parent at the expense of your own child though. At what point are you going to put in the work and the effort in being a responsible adult and a responsible parent to this child in the same way that I am, or if they have a stepfather or a stepmother in the same way that they are? Why do I or we have to do all the work and you do nothing and then have the right to complain? Okay, so for someone to say the, the, the phrase, you know, to be walked over is metaphorical. <laughs> Nobody's literally taking their feet and walking on you, right? Right. Which means to feel that somebody is walking over you is a choice, right? Or I'm not going out of my way. If you want to even take that, I'm not going out of my way. And no, I don't no, feel no. bad I'm just about talking not about, going out of my I'm way. I'm just talking about feeling like somebody's walking over you. You have to choose to feel that way, right? Since nobody like, yes is no, literally doing it. So, since nobody's literally, since nobody is literally walking over you, you have to choose to feel like somebody is walking over you. Since it's not a literal situation, it has to be a feeling that we choose to feel. I suppose, yeah. So in situations where we feel like somebody is walking over us. Why have we been conditioned to feel like some, you know, to feel that somebody is walking all over us? Why aren't we conditioned to feel that we just doing what we have to do to make this relationship work? Because you're, it starts to feel like that at the point where you start to step back and realize, I think we all go into it, you know, with the mindset, I'm going to do everything that I need to do to make sure that this, you know, child has both parents. And I feel like that was, you know, even back to me, I, done, I did that. I'm going to bring the kids up there to you. I'm going to call you. And I got, you know, I was, uh, outsiders didn't understand, well, why are you doing that? You know, you done to take them all the way up there. Well, well, I don't care. At the end of the day, I'm doing whatever I need to do that I feel like I should be doing as a good mother to make sure that my children have a relationship with their father. But like I said, at what point am I doing too much and you're doing nothing? I got to start to pull back like, okay, well, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not inconveniencing myself while you're convenient, conveniencing yourself. At what point are you going to make the sacrifice instead of me always making the sacrifices? At what point, like I said, are you going to play your role? This is not a one person job. This is not a temporary position where you just come and go as you please. But I have, I'm expected to be a permanent mother at all times. And if I'm not, if I, if I lack or if I fail or if I slip off at one point in time, I'm getting looked down upon as a bad mother, but then you have this father out here who's doing whatever, whenever he feel like it, and he's able to make the excuse, well, I didn't have the money. Well, I don't have a ride. Well, I'm busy this weekend. You don't think we work? We're not busy. We don't not have the money. We have to literally pull shit out of our ass and figure it out. And that's all we be asking the <laughs> other parents to do. 
figure it out. I don't care what you got to do. It's an excuse to me because when I have nothing right now, I have no car. I got in an accident. I have no job. I lost my job. I have nothing but a house over my head. But I still have two children I have to take care of every single day with no help from an other parent. And what do I have to do every day? I have to figure it out. I have to figure out how to get my children to school with no vehicle. I have to figure out how to put clothes and everything on my back, food in my kids' mouth, diapers on my son's butt with no job, no income. I don't even get panicked. I don't get none of that. I have no income. I have what I have left in my bank account, and I have to figure it out, period. So no, I'm not going out of my way to make things easier for you when you have not done anything to make my job easier. And, and I you don't care know how what? you feel about it. In response, uh, just being the devil's advocate on that, if it's that hard, just drop the kids off to the dad. How? When you don't have, I don't have a phone number to contact you. I don't know where you live. You're non-existent in their lives. You got his mom number. If I, if, I, if I had that, his mom doesn't have his number. I've tried that. You have no contact with anyone. So how can I? There's nothing I can do. Once again, I'm forced to be, to do this job. I didn't get that option. You didn't sit down and hey, say, hey, I think we should, you know, coach. But you shouldn't feel like you're being forced at this point because. I'm not being forced. This is, this, it is what it is. These are my children. This is my job to do. I take care of my kids. I'm not thinking about you. Period. It, I mean, that's, it's just that. You're not, you're a non-factor to us. You're not here. You're nothing to worry about. Like, you're non-existent. How can I, how can you miss something you don't have, you never had? You've had it before. I think every one of these situations are really going to, you know, at the end of the day, be an individual thing. Although there are some general things that you can base things off of, it's yeah. an individual thing. And you really right. can't tell anybody how to feel. Right. And going forward, uh, it, it kind of this is a good transition into the next topic about uh exerting energy it, you got to learn how to use your energy and when to exert energy in certain situations and when to not and when to just sit back and maybe absorb some energy until you're able to put forth the energy you need to to make the situation the relationship the friendship whatever it may be work um very well put yeah because if we don't sit back and focus on the energy we have and the energy we use and the energy we put out and the energy we receive, everything's going to be all fucked up always. And uh, one thing, one thing I can't, I, it irritates me beyond no control. Um, everybody looks at me and they like, er, anybody that knows me just was like, oh yeah, Breezy, she tough. She, 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 she a fighter. She's, she's strong. But I'm a I'm a big old jelly bean, and I'm really caring at the end of the day. And I have a tendency to put for uh, put out a lot of energy. I will exert a lot of energy, and I'll give it to people who don't deserve it, some who do deserve it, some who don't want it, some who do need it. It's just I'm that type of person. I exert a lot of energy, and then after so long, I find myself completely drained because. I'm not receiving any energy back or I'm exerting too much energy towards people who don't deserve it or who doesn't know how to receive it because they don't want to be cared for. They don't want to be loved or they never had it before. And like, that's just the issue I battle with within myself. And it's like, when, when do you stop or how do you, 
how do you turn up? How do you become so cold when you're in general such a warm person? And sometimes you really can't. Like I, I literally have people in my life who don't, you know, I won't hear from them for a while. But it's like, okay, well, you're constantly popping up on my mind. Should I say to myself, well, she ain't thinking about me or he ain't thinking about me. And I no. haven't heard from he or she. Or do I just, you know, continue to be myself? And I usually just continue to be myself. And I'll shoot a, me- a message, even if it's very simple. Hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you have a good day today. Continue I'm to the do same that. Way. Go ahead, OC. Go ahead, OC. What you say? Continue to do that. Continue to do that, Chanel. To answer your first point, though, um, uh-huh. well, in response to your first point, um, I think we need to do our part in letting people know who we are, how we need to be interacted with. You know how to receive the energy we put out and what type of energy we need to be receiving. We don't do that. Sometimes we assume that we, that people automatically know me personally. Uh I tell people how I am. Like if somebody's doing or saying something to me, I let people know like, yo, you can't talk to me like that. If you want to be cool with me, you can't be saying stuff to me like that. You know, like I let people know my specifics. We don't get specific enough with people. We just, we expect people to, automatically yeah to automatically <laughs> i think sometimes we don't out. get specific because we try to be I, I know that i try not to go into anything being offensive to anyone no i, I think just that mean a lot it. of times that's how i look at things and you know sometimes being too blunt can be offensive but at the same time at the same time on the woke side is you know whoever cared about offending us and i mean OC what i'm saying blunt, is so I'm no like, i don't mean i don't I'm, even say mean be i'm not even meaning like be blunt what i'm saying no, is, i know what you mean from the day i met you it's like hey i don't like that don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to be that way <laughs> and i received that like all right and people cool. people don't do it that's what i'm saying like <laughs> you said like people think you know you like why do people think i'm so tough and you know, that I'm mean and, you know, that I want to fight. And it's because you haven't told them that you're not like that. But at the same time, though, you know what? You're right. Because I, I find myself saying I allow people to know what I want them to know. And so with that being said, you are completely right. Because I won't, I for some reason, I don't like to allow people to know that I have a really soft, central side. Why, if that's who you really are, why don't you want people to know that? That I can't that is. You, just, you are the first like, person to ever ask me that. <laughs> you are the first person to be like, why? <laughs> I, oh man. Um, I guess it's a uh, a wall I built up, and I will say it's because I used to be really insecure in the past, and where I'm from, um, how you handle insecurities. It wasn't, you weren't, you weren't supposed to be soft about it. So I would get talked about or bullied or whatever, for whatever reasons. And I put this wall up and made myself appear to be so tough to the point where people just did not want to fuck with me. Let me tell you, you can tell people how you are and still be tough. I, I lived in almost every hood in Peoria. When we, when I was going to Richfields, when we all was in high school, <laughs> <laughs> My family literally used to try to bully me, like literally, like my mom, my brothers, like they would tell me like, you know, like whenever I was doing track and stuff, you know, I would be, you know, like eating right and trying to exercise a lot. And like, I remember my mom saying to me once, like, you trying to keep up with them white boys. You're not eating the food I'm cooking. And I was, you trying to be like them white boys. And I would tell them like, don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. And then the next week, like, you know, I'm walking down the street with my brothers or something. We get into a fight with somebody. So you can still be tough and. 
you know, you can let people know who you are and how to interact with you and everything and still be, you know, assertive. Because I what... did learn that growing in the rich woods. You're right. I mean, but at the same time, though, like, but like going into like, like at work, I y'all can't know I'm soft. Nah, this is like I, I mean, please let it's me tell you. Wall. My feelings are wall. easily hurt, and once they hurt, I will fuck you up. And but <laughs> that is, and that's how I am. But and I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't like that about myself. I just like to put that wall up so I'm not hurt and I don't have to fuck you up. See, but then people don't know how to really interact with you because then you just end up with people just pissing you off anyway because they don't know how to react with you to begin with. You're and God damn it, you are so right, OC, because then there's the fucking issues I be having. And I be like, I be like, listen, listen, I will fuck y'all up. Motherfuckers like, mm-hmm, please, this girl, she went to Richwood. She she won't hurt, she won't bust a grape. That's how motherfuckers look at me. And I'm just like, okay, all right. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Then when you fuck somebody <laughs> up, they be looking like, oh, shit. Oh, God. I just knew from the way you used to play the post, like, she not to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Baby Shaq in the post, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I am not guarding her. <laughs> <laughs> they sure used to call me Baby Diesel. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, uh, <laughs> Like you said, like, I don't know, I had, like, I had a problem with when I was younger or even in general, I don't get it often, but every now and then I'll get people who feel like, I don't know if I come off in a, in a, I don't know, sometimes I have to ask myself like, damn, do I just got fuck with Jasmine on my head or something? Like, I don't know if I come off in a very too, too cool way or, oh, you know, you can do whatever and she not going to do anything because at one point in my life, you know. I was too nice to people. You know, my parents was like, you always too nice to people. You always letting people walk over you. You know, I would, you know, people could do me wrong and I would still be your friend the next day. But it took enough of that happening where it got to a point where it's like, like I said, I'm tired of being a doormat. You know, people not going to talk to me. I got to speak up and tell, you know, I will feel some type of way. Well, hey, don't say that. I don't like when you say that or don't do this. But I, I was so afraid to for confrontation, not necessarily, you know, for a fight, but I didn't want to start confrontation. I just wanted everybody to be cool, you know, be my friend. So I would avoid it. I wouldn't say anything. I would let people do things and I would just let it slide off like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that deep. To a point it started to get that bad and it started to get that deep. And it's like, okay, Jess, like, so you're really angry, but you bottling it up and you're not saying anything about it. You just continue to let that person make you angry. And then when you finally blow up, it's on the wrong person. It's on that person that just pissed you off that day instead of the person who pissed you off two months ago. And so now I feel like I'm at a point where sometimes I do have to be too hard on the outside because I don't want to, I don't want people to see me as being weak and I don't want people to try to take advantage of me. And I've also just built up a wall to a point where now I don't care about people because I cared about too many people and nobody ever cared about Jasmine. So now I'm at a point where I'm selfish with me and I'm selfish with my time and I'm selfish with everything about me. And I have a very, you know, don't care attitude about it. Doesn't don't care how anybody feel. I'm about me. This is my time, you know, and what I want around me will be around me. What I don't, you will get cut off immediately. You know, I don't have time for that bad energy. Like you said, I, I, I put so much energy into the wrong people, the wrong situations, and they left me drained. And now I'm like, as soon as I feel like you sucking on my uh, energy a little bit, you got to go. Like, you got to go. You 
Go ahead, Miss Ty. All I was going to say is, you know, one of my greatest benefits has been learning to love and care from a distance. You know, after you know had those encounters, it's, it isn't easy. Most of the things that we <laughs> need to do in life are not easy. <laughs> It's real easy to me. <laughs> Especially if you are one of those, if, if you naturally are a loving and caring person and that's just the type of energy that you've always known to put out, you know. It makes it, you feel bad. Yeah, it does. And it's like, okay, even though I don't do anything to receive anything in return, it's just like your brain, the emotional side of your heart starts to say, hey, something's not coming back in. We're pumping out a whole lot, but we are not getting replenished. Mm-hmm. At that at that point, you have to step back and you know see what's best for you. That is I think true. People start to turn you cold, like you don't intentionally just be like, "Oh, just fuck everybody up." But I think life sometimes, you know, depending on who you are and what you've been through, I think sometimes life turns you cold, where it's like I have to be this person now, or you know, so much has happened to me that it's turned me into this person now. But I think and that only like happens when we choose. To find yourself. I think a lot of error comes error from, from when you don't know don't how know to how let people go. Like, I don't have no problems letting people go. And it's not even like a fuck you type of thing. It's just like, we're, we don't make a good couple or we don't make a good set of friends. I wish you the best, but you fucking up my life right now. And again, yeah, you can't you be doing go. that. So goodbye. Like, and I don't, I don't believe in giving, like, I've always been very direct and blunt with people I don't do second and third and fourth and fifth chance like if I see you're using me or you're taking advantage of me we're gonna have a conversation and we gonna part ways and that's that you see my issue is is I like to see the good in people and I like to see the broken and I like to see the broken and damaged part in people and try to heal them from that and bring the good up out of them and so I will give that second and third and maybe fourth chance but lately I've been actually I want to go back to something OC was saying you know like why put up that wall why it appear to be tough and he has a good point on that um it takes a lot more energy a lot more muscles to wear a frown than it does a smile so (laughs) I have recently been finding myself removing pieces of this wall brick by brick and allowing people to know that I do have that soft sensual side because I'm starting to learn that um I'm less confrontational with people that you know people don't have to be intimidated when they approach me and that makes the first oppression that we have the first encounter we have it makes it feel good enough for us to have a second encounter instead of them being so intimidated by me and thinking, oh man, she mean, I ain't gonna fuck with her. Or if I say this to her a certain way, she gonna snap. And because they feel like that, they gonna say something to me a certain way and I'm gonna snap. So now when I open up and I let down that wall, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm approachable. I'm nice. I'm, You know, you can approach me. You can come talk to me. They not tiptoeing around me you know, walking on eggshells trying to approach me. And then I'm looking at them like, why the fuck are you so awkward trying to come up and talk to me? You know what I'm like? like what's up I ain't never even think about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> you like, what's up with you? You know what I'm saying? How the fuck you? You walking on eggshells. Like, what's good? And, and so I think it is good to try to put down that wall that we may have built. And especially being an adult, um, we, we have we're, we're going to develop more relationships than we ever have the older we get. I feel like whether it work in the world, we're just whatever, the networking, but everything going on, 
down that wall and be who you really are and not care about what people may think or how may people um, uh, come up to you and approach you or whatever, whatever the situation may be. Uh, I'm just learning that in order to receive it, and all that because I've been told that like I got I always look mean I'm always getting people asking me well, what's wrong with you or I've got that resting bitch face yeah <laughs> I've been told I'm not a personable person I was like that's part of being a black woman <laughs> yeah like, those are facts like, I always get <laughs> asked that like well you know you look all mean who you about to snap on I'm like bro I'm chilling I'm having a good day what do you mean you don't look like it or I'm, you're not that personable, you know, you don't, you're not the type of person that if someone would approach. Like, so we have oh, to realize that the way we look, the way we look is part of the way that we project, the way that our energy is projected and perceived. But how do I fix it's my It's true. Like, yeah, but I, mean, I, I asked my daughter on that. That's actually something that I just uh, had to uh, talk about at work yesterday. Um, I have a coworker. I, in my new my new role, I was promoted to a department where there's only two people. I'm one of two. Turn up um, promotion. A A. <laughs> she um she had been there, you know, for quite some time before me. However, what the perception that she was given about me is that oh, she um she knows a lot of of the more computer based things and you know she's always willing to help you out with questions and everything however i've literally been in this role since the end of october and i'm still learning there's so so much to learn so she comes to me very frequently with questions and sometimes i do have that resting bitch face like why are you asking me this right now can you allow me time to get together a process to where i'm confident in what i'm doing before you're pretty much forcing me to give you a response that could possibly fuck your whole job up because I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> but they think you know what you're doing. You're the black woman. Come on now. You're the black woman. Right. You got to play that role. And that's what I was saying right. on the last episode. Like, that's when that mentality kicks in. Like, who am I to deprive myself? Who am I to deprive this person of me? Absolutely. That's if they think very, I'm, that's, if they think I'm this dope, if they think I'm this dope, who am I to deprive them of this dopeness? Because I'm sure going to give them every percent, all hundred of this you know what I'm saying? I'm finna give them a reason to think that I'm dope. I'm finna give them a reason to no, believe you, their thoughts. That's when you fake it till you make it. That's when you, <laughs> right? Right. No, yeah, because maybe you really are that. Maybe maybe you really are that dope. Maybe you really are that dope, and you just not confident enough, or you just yeah, you're not confident enough in your skills yet to where you can fully believe the way this person believes that you that dope at this job. Go and tap into that potential. Facts. Thank you For real. And I have gotten that promotion. That is so true. They For real. And I had that, I was having this discussion with my manager. And so I was telling her and she was like, well, what did you tell her to do? So when I told her what to do, she was like, and that's actually right. She's like, I didn't think about it being able to be done that way, but that's actually more efficient than <laughs> like, what I would have told Why do people think I'm good at this job? Because uh, you are. <laughs> Right. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things too about the energy, you know. It's I'm sitting there and I guess I've given the perception that, hey, I can go to her. You know, she's somebody that I can rely on to give me information to help me be better in what I do. Yeah, that's a good feeling because I get that a lot too. I like oh, when people come and ask me for like stuff. Magic. <laughs> you feel like I can yeah. help you, then I absolutely can. Right. That's what's up, man. It's, well, um, it's getting late, guys. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move on to this last topic real quick before we wrap it up. 
Now, recently, not recently, this has been for years, and I just don't understand why this is even, like, still a debate, why it's a question, why motherfuckers want to act brand new about who can say the motherfucking word nigga. All right? <laughs> nigga? Nigga, nigga, nigga. I'm nigga. sure, like, what word? <laughs> nigga. Niggas. Niggas. You got to say it like Antoine Fisher. You have to say it in all Niggas. type of tones. <laughs> See, the way we just dropped that N-word on y'all like 40 times just now in a matter of 40 seconds, it's okay for us to do that. And so we, we wonder why. <laughs> you know, the first question that'll come out of somebody's mouth, why? Why can't you why say can't it? Why can't I say it? And we can't say it. Okay. Um, but my best friend's black. My cousin, mama's baby daddy, and I live next door to her. She was black. I just, I feel like, like all jokes aside, though, I think it's a word that um, we as black people should eliminate from our vocabulary as well. But I just want um, everybody to understand that that word is for is a culture, cultural word, and that's for niggas. You know, like that's like, I mean. Why Why would you, as a white person, want to walk around saying nigga anyway? Okay, so my... Why does it appeal to you? Right? My, my Go opinion, ahead, OC. Go my ahead. opinion. Um, honestly, I don't care who says it. And I only say that because I'm the type of person that feels that you ain't finna tell me there's a word that you can think of that I can't say. Words are words because people say words. So Thanks, anybody technically, like technically anybody can say it. Now, but there are situations, there are situations to where it's inappropriate to use the word sometimes. Just like I can say the word bitch in my vocabulary all I want to. But there ain't a chance in hell that you finna hear me calling one of y'all or any other woman a bitch. Well, my thing about it is, it's like the first rebuttal. Um, you'll get from a lot of white people is y'all say cracker, y'all say hunky, and I'm like I don't. We don't. I've never. I, I ain't gonna say never because I have heard it used in the derogatory sense, but it's not like nigger or nigga is. We didn't walk around degrading you guys for years, calling y'all crackers and hunkies just because y'all was white, and that's my opinion on it. Um, I, I completely understand how you like your point of view. I do like that. Um, I don't care who says the word; it's how you use it. How you using it? I oh, agree. how you using it, and why are you using it? But to an extent, also now, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't have an issue necessarily if I'm in the club and I hear, you know, Becky singing along to the same Lil Wayne song I'm singing along to when she says "nigga." I'm not going to just instantly turn to her and start a fight or something like that. I am going to turn and look like, all right, <laughs> you know, now let her continue the rest of the night. Just, you woo woo a nigga, a nigga, a nigga. And I'm be like, uh, then it's going to be like, all right, like you're getting beside yourself. You're getting out of hand now, you know. But I think that's, that comes to the point where, you know, why people feel that they shouldn't say it at all. Because it's like if you let them slide this one time, then it's, it almost feels like you're giving them permission to continue sliding. And, you know, it's like you gotta you get to a point where you got to stop it. Now, if you're saying it in a derogatory manner, then that's just off rip. We already know you about to get hit in your shit. No Facts. questions asked. <laughs> right. But, you know, I had a guy that worked with me, you know, at one of my old jobs who 
he was a cool dude and you know he was one of them who would get beside himself at first you know he would we had that conversation i was like you know what it doesn't necessarily bother me per se and he took that the wrong way and he started just freely saying nigga and when i approached him like you know no that's i'm uncomfortable i feel offended well why we could say my stepdad is black my sisters are mixed woo woo but you're a fully Caucasian person, though. Your 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 mother just married a black man. That makes you in no way, shape, or form a black man. You're just affiliated with one. So that doesn't give you the right to call him, what up, my nigga? In the same way, put it like, you know, oh, see, you know, we, we both went to HBCUs. Just because you're best friends with a Kappa, you're not going to go up to him, or you're best friends with a Delta, you're not going to go up to her and start yelling her chants, are you? <laughs> You know your place. Hell to the yes. law. I mean, that's debatable. That's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> you, if you're smart, you're not going to just be like, unless, Shit. you know, y'all are kind of cool. Maybe behind closed doors, the same Shit. way they say nigga, behind closed doors, though. You're not just going to go get and jump in line with them and start strolling. All my bros. All my bros. What do you mean? The tail is my best friend, though. But he's my best friend. No, you're going to get your ass whooped. Cause you need to know your lane. That's that's cool that he's your friend. That could be your best friend. You could have been at his probate front and center, but you're not a capper though. Know your lane and stay in it, or you might have some repercussions from it. And that's you know y'all gotta understand that not every black person feels how the next feels about it. You might have said it next to Keith, and he just looked at you like, all right, you know, chill. But you say it next to Tyrone, and he might still on you. I think that we're willing to have these conversations right now, but in the moment, we aren't willing to have these conversations with that person. I've had a conversation with Caucasian people on many occasions about trying to break it down to them. And I get frustrated, and I have to stop because I start to get upset because it's like they don't understand. And I'm like, you'll never understand because you're not a black man, a black woman, so you can never relate to what it's like to be a black man or black woman. You can just have you can you can uh what's the word empathize with me but you cannot relate to me because you're not a black man or black woman and a lot of times it's hard to debate that with them because they don't see that or they're unwilling to see that they just want to keep saying but it's just a word it's not go back to the how the word originated yes so stop trying to change their mind (laughs) huh stop trying to change their mind just let them know oh, that yeah, it's a word. Them let back. them know if it's a word that offends you. Let them know it's a word that offends you. Don't let them know if you if you time. say it, it's going to be a problem, and there's no need for this to turn into a problem. So if you could, please, just don't use that word around me. Thank you. Agreed. 100%. Stop yeah. trying to convince them that – stop trying to convince them that outside of this conversation, they shouldn't use it either. Don't worry about outside of this conversation. Let them know that how it affects you and how it affects this conversation that we have and how it's going to affect how we move forward from here. Yeah, I've had, I've had conversations similar to that uh, with a few white acquaintances. I had to cut him off after that because he just wouldn't stop saying it, and I was like, I'm going to have to punch him in the shit. Uh, so is it okay <laughs> for Mexicans to say it? Yep, to me. Because I'm like, I know Mexicans that say it just like we do. I got a homie and she said it all but the time. But to me, right when, it, when, you, when white people use it, at least towards me, it's always derogatory, and I'm like, like, 
I've never been called a nigga. Like I can't. I have. Not my I have. More than I have. I've been called a nigga by somebody who's been ja- to Jasmine, like, you definitely time have. You the same color as me. Yeah, you definitely I've have, Jasmine. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. You definitely have. To my knowledge, <laughs> to my knowledge, I have. And no, ain't no white person ever stepped to me and been like nigga because they wouldn't be here to tell you the story. Put it like that. <laughs> Girl, you ain't finna no, kill nobody. No, I mean they would, but I have. Uh, it was this one particular time. It was a. Uh, parking at the gas station and I pulled up at this pump and it was the one right like it was like pump one and it was like right outside the door and uh this truck behind me is just honking just laying his head just honking and I'm like what the hell so I walked up to the door and as soon as I opened the door he rose down his window and he said hey nigga and I turned around and I said oh my god I said excuse you he said yeah you you nigga I was like um I said, do we have a fucking problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, God damn it, you see me try to pull up to that goddamn pump? And I was just like, oh. I said, you mad? Mm-hmm. Fucking niggas, that's why they should have. And I just kept walking. Because at that point, I'm like, this man is upset. Lord have mercy. And it was just like irrelevant at that point. Because one, like, you're not going to get me there by calling me a nigger because I made it to this pump before you. Two, park your old ass on the other side. Three, why you mad, dog? It's just some gas. You gonna get your gas too, guy? I mean, it was, it was just like, you you think until like, if it hasn't happened to you, you're like, man, if somebody talks to me like that, it, it's gonna be a fight. But when it actually happens, it's like, damn, you really mad. like. You you really mad at the color of my skin right now. You just made my day that much better because now I get to walk off with my head held high and laugh at your silly ass for the rest of the day. Yeah, sometimes it's more comical than offensive. It really is. Yeah. It really I is. Agree. I think at this point, I don't, yeah, I think at this point, yeah, like being called a nigga is nothing that... You you would want to fight them off principle, like uh, it is, it would depend on your mood, but it is comical. Like, all right, that's the best thing you can say. My feelings hurt. Like, all right, <laughs> you call me a nigga, so right. Like, okay, huh? I call mm-hmm. but I'm looking <laughs> like a bag of money, so right. <laughs> you got to break them down on the intellectual level, or some come at them a different way where they don't know. Look, some videos where that dude was singing that Maxwell <laughs> on, the, on the corner, and she was mad. Or you can even see sometimes when you look, when those people look at you in the state that you're in as far as like um, success wise or what they think you might do. Like I get a lot of looks for the type of car that I drive, the way, the way that I dress and everything like that. It's like I'm usually pretty business savvy unless, you know, it's my birthday or something like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I do get a lot of looks like sometimes I'm in the parking lot and going to my car. And there'll be somebody next to me in a little beat down, whatever. And I'm getting into my 2017 and they'll be looking like, how in the world are you at, doing better than me? Are you mad? That's when you just look at them and be like, credit. Have a good day. <laughs> like, that's when you got to smile at them. Hey, how's your day? Oh, I hit them with a smile real quick. Then they'll real know quick. what to do after that. Like, uh, whatever your thoughts are, hopefully they can be dismissed. Like, don't be that way. Because whenever I see people with cars better than me, that's motivation. Yeah, girl. That is motivation. I'll be like, okay, what what can I do to get into this Maserati in the next year? What can girl. I do? <laughs>
instead of hating on the next person, you, like you say, you good motivation, right? I mean, I'm trying to get like that, not necessarily like that, but, you know, it's like I need to be doing something a little better possibly, or what can I do to, you know, elevate myself. It makes you start to think, like, maybe I need to elevate myself to get to that level or get above that level. And sometimes the people that use the word nigger, uh, the, the people of cock, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, uh, like the they literally do just feel like you should never as a person of color should never be in a position that's slightly better than theirs or even close to theirs you should never they should never feel threatened by you and that's that is, what a lot of the issue is that is so true because i when i had moved back from california and uh i was uh pregnant with my first son i went to the public aid office and y'all I walked up in that office, and when I finally got my name called and sat down um, with the uh, the caseworker, she looked at me, and she was just looking at me. And y'all know me, so I'm like, hi. And she was like, I'm sorry. She was like, it just, you look like you don't need help. And I said, excuse you? And she was like, you just don't look like you need help. And I'm like, what do you mean? What am I supposed to look like? And I was like, is it because I didn't come in here with my head and scarf and pajama pants? And she was just like, I'm just saying, you just look better off. And I'm like, well, I'm not. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and I'm like, I need some food stamps, please. <laughs> like, I'm moving back from across the country. Um, I'm hungry and I'm pregnant. Help me out. And, and, and white people are shocked when, um, especially young black people, carry their self in a clean, presentable business savvy type of way yeah. girl the look that you get when you open your mouth to speak to one of them oh my the goodness every single time Ooh, the, i mean shit that that's because that's how they've been conditioned dark look that's how, how they've been conditioned to think about us it is and then, like ridiculous. when you when you when you open your mouth and you speak to them and you enunciate and you don't use ebonics they 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 looking at you like a whole ghost they be like uh and for the good people and for the good ones when you start to see that side of their face start to turn up when they really smile and smirk they're saying to themselves well i'm so glad she proved me wrong because hmm. you didn't know what to expect when i started to talk you hear my name and then you hear me speak to you and you're like oh shit what is this an educated nigga that's <laughs> like, <laughs> how they be looking like yes not all of us are ghetto or whatever y'all like to call us. Like, not in front of y'all, at least. We know how to be professional. We know how to be ratchet. We know it's a time and a place. Like, I'm not dumb just because of the color of my skin or what circumstance you think that I may have gone through or whatever circumstance I may be going through. I don't got to look like what I'm going through. I don't got to look like what I've been through. Like, at all. They're going to get all this black magic, all this black excellence. Not everybody going to get that, but they'll be all right. They will be. But they ain't got to get it. It's going to be sprinkled, though. Right. All right, ladies. Well, it looks like we're going to wrap this, uh, wrap this episode on up. It was a lovely show. That's I agree. I'm glad that we finally got to get Miss Ty on the track, and she's going to stay on the track. <laughs> Absolutely. It was definitely enjoyable. It's refreshing to be able to have discussions like this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ms. Reese, are you still here oh. with us? Reese, Reese. My bad. I was on mute. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to wrap this show up. 
be looking forward to the next episode. And also, we still have those t-shirts for sale. Just inbox any of us personally or our page, Blase Blase, on Facebook. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. So uh, just stay tuned, and we'll keep you guys posted with all the tea. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. And happy holidays. And from the Father, y'all shoot them shots all the rest of 2017 and 2018. Shoot, it's a year of shooting your shots. Kobe in the fourth. All day. All right, Can't miss them if you don't a shooter. All right, y'all. It's Jazzy J. It's been a good show. Thank y'all for tuning in with us. Until next time. Peace. Bye.